This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Can you help us? Partner with the ministry of Equip by calling 888-644-4144 or on equipradio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What a great day it is to rejoice in the love of God and to think deeply about our call to be people of compassion. I'm going to talk to you today about having a life that matters and that impacts the lives of others. But before we do that and get into our wonderful guest and topic for today, I want to talk to you about generosity because generosity is one of the tools that God has given us to literally change the world. Money is a gift from God. It's a tool to be used for his glory and for the good of others. I would pray that today some of you that have been blessed by this program would consider being generous to equip because as you give, you're not so much giving to us, but you're giving through us to change the world and to bless the lives of many. I want to use an analogy. We're kind of in the football season, uh, college football wrapping up and pro football in this playoff season. And I just want to use a fourth quarter analogy. As we look at generosity to equip, we're, we're in the fourth quarter for this month. And if we're going to win the game, if we're going to meet our budgetary goal, if we're going to have a fiscal testimony along with a testimony of spiritual impact, We need some clutch players. We need some friends who can say, I'll step up in this fourth quarter of the month and I will support the ministry of Equip. Your gift today can make all the difference in the world. And it helps us to remain faithful in our mission to equip Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend their faith. Sharing the gospel in your community is our passion. So can you stand with us today with a gift of $100 or $250 or $500 or $1,000 or more? Whatever the Lord lays on your heart, I ask that you would call today. It's clutch time. We're in a two-minute drill. Pick up that phone. Don't wait. Don't delay. Call now, 888-644-4144. That's 888 888- 644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. Well, my guest today is someone who I admire deeply, and I pray that you will as well. He has been respected by everyone from presidents and those who are in the loftiest positions in our country and the world, as well as those who find themselves in developing countries and poor communities that have experienced the ravaging effects of poverty. And uh, to have that type 
of testimony across such a broad spectrum of people tells you a little bit about the heart and the character of my guest today, Wes Stafford. Uh, Wes is the president emeritus of Compassion International. Now, those of you who don't know Compassion, it's an internationally recognized advocacy agency for children in poverty. Wes has joined, he joined the staff, rather, of Compassion International in 1977, and he worked in their ministry after working for several developmental organizations and helping to provide international aid and relief for the poor, but he helped to grow Compassion International. He served as its president for 20 years. His life experience is unique. He has played many roles. He earned his undergrad degree from Moody Bible Institute, Biola University, master's degree from Wheaton College, as well as a Ph.D. from Michigan State University. So you know a little bit about why I love Wes so much. I am a Spartan myself. But he has totally dedicated himself to the belief that everything that's really needed to know and to lead a multi-international organization was learned by his time with the poor growing up in a small African village. He and his wife Donna has been married for over 40 years and have two awesome daughters as well. Wes, how are you today? I'm good, Chris. How are you, my friend? Well, it's good to talk to a fellow Moody, Biola, and Michigan State alum. Very rarely do I get a chance to say that and it is great that we share that in common you have lived an extraordinary life Wes and uh, so many will know you for the work that you did uh, with Compassion International and in many ways continue to do but you said something that really caught my attention you said that in many ways you were being prepared to be the president of Compassion International as a small child in Africa what do you mean by that? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think it actually may go back, Chris, to uh, when God was knitting me in my mother's womb. <laughs> I have a feeling the angel, <laughs> angels were giving angels were giving him a lot of advice, I'm sure. And when I was born, he probably took one look and said, well, he's as cute as a button, isn't he? But he's not a rocket scientist. <laughs> we're going to have to make it clear what he's to do with his life. And so I got to be born into a missionary family of Ken and Marge Stafford, assigned to the Ivory Coast of, uh, of West Africa. They, uh, they were childhood sweethearts in Denver, and then uh, teenage sweethearts, and they both went to Moody Bible Institute, by the way, Chris. Yeah. But, the, but their prayer all along the way as they listened to the war stories of uh, missionaries was, please, Lord, don't call us to be missionaries. And if you do... <laughs> Please, not Africa. Wow. <laughs> so I, I got both. But what a, what a preparation it was for me. I was born into the bosom of a very poverty-stricken but very loving uh, little yes. village in the Ivory Coast of West Africa, right off the Sahara Desert. I mean, we were way out there in the middle of uh, nowhere. We had no electricity. We were right on the edge of the Sahara Desert. Uh, we had no radio, no television, no refrigerator. Uh, my mother, my mother used to say, the only real luxury I have out here is running water. Well, wow. go get the pail and get water from the well. So I was, I was the running water. 
<laughs> I, was, I was like many, many missionary kids. Uh, you know, I ran around barefoot most of the time. I uh, had a slingshot around my neck almost all the time. Uh, I was uh, sick often. Uh, oh. Our hospital nearest one was 100 miles away. And I nearly died about a dozen times as a as a little boy. Your and, life really, um, your life really is a miracle when you think about it. The fact that you were able to live and survive and sustain. And as you tell your life story, I'm also reminded that there are many, many who are listening to us right now who have uh, been involved with compassion on different levels. Maybe you're listening today and you've sponsored a child before. Maybe you have served with compassion or been impacted by compassion in, uh, in, in a significant way. I'd love for you to call to share your compassion story. If you sponsored a child in particular, I'd love to hear the impact that that has had on you, on your family as well. Why, why'd you do it and how's it impacted your life? 877 877- 548-3675 is the number, 877-548-3675. Wes, when you think back on uh, on those days of growing up in poverty, uh, what did you think about Moody? Your parents went there. Ultimately, you go there. How'd you end up there? <laughs> yeah. You know, as far as I was concerned, as a little boy, Moody was the only possible college there was out there. <laughs> hadn't hadn't heard of any others, and I uh, my parents loved Moody Bible Institute. They were there during World War II. Uh, they loved the uh, God bless the school that D.L. Moody founded. Song, and uh, <laughs> it was it was in our prayers, and it was with really grateful hearts. They knew that they were in Africa. Uh, because Moody Bible Institute had had prepared them. But Chris, you know the thing that was unusual, uh, in my mind, is the people of that village had a saying. It wasn't a a plaque on the wall, but it was how we lived our lives in that village. And that saying was that it takes a whole village to raise the children. Yes. And I I was lucky enough to be one of the children in that little African village, uh, my sister and I were the only white children for about a hundred miles in any direction, but it didn't matter to them. They raised me. I never fell down in that village without some African woman swooping in, picking me up, drying my eyes. I didn't get away with a lot of uh, mischief because <laughs> I kind of <laughs> stood out, you know. You stood out. I remember, <laughs> I, re- I remember one time the village was gathered around the evening campfire, and the chief said, "You know." The goats are looking a little skinny to me this year, and it's not because we're in a drought. It's because the little boys are chasing them all around the village. <laughs> and I remember he said, it, in the swirling red dust, I don't know who all the culprits are, but I do know this. That little white boy right there at my feet, he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't hide. You could run, but you can't hide, Wes. <laughs> I used Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. You know, our financial team here at Equip calculates that it costs us about $20 to reach an additional person with the gospel through Moody Radio. Moody Radio for over 95 years has been reaching people with the good news of God's grace. 
when you give to Moody Radio, you're helping to put a megaphone in front of those great gospel communicators so that they can broadcast the good news of God's grace all over the world. And so today, I would ask that you would consider becoming a monthly partner. That $20 a month gift guarantees that we can reach one new person a month with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about that impact, that every month you can know that, man, someone's being reached for the gospel through uh, my investment into this ministry. I want to encourage you, if you could support Equip today at a $20 a month level, can you give a call right now, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Pray, ask the Lord if he would have you to become a monthly partner with us, an equipper. And if you sense the Spirit nudging you to do it, be obedient today, 888-644-4144. Remember, you've been blessed so that you can be a blessing. Or go to equipradio.org. Today, my guest, Wes Stafford, who is the president emeritus of Compassion International, one of the most beloved uh, nonprofit advocacy agencies around the world, helping to rescue children from poverty in the name of Jesus. Lauren uh, has sponsored a child, uh, actually four children, Lauren says, that she sponsored, Wes, one in Ecuador, one in Burkina Faso, one in Brazil, one in the Philippines. She said that she started because the Lord impressed it upon her heart 10 years ago. She goes on to say on Facebook, she left this comment, it's the best decision we've ever made. God has blessed Mm -hmm. us, and we can't help but to share this blessing. Thanks, Lauren, for leaving your comment. Friends, social media is available to you at, at Equip Radio on Facebook and Twitter. I'd love for you to leave your comment. If you sponsored a compassion child before, how's it impacted you? Why'd you do it? I'd love to hear from you. Also, we're going to take your calls. Wes, when you hear a story like Lauren's, what does that do for your heart? Yeah, it just it just fills my heart. What a what a wonderful lady. She's decided to live out her faith literally at the ends of the earth. She chose the four corners of the earth for her sponsorships. And that's, uh, that is the heart of this ministry. You know, I think, Wes, about what you were saying before we went to break. You were raised in a particular reality where there was brokenness and poverty and death all around you. And then you come to America and you see abundance, you see affluence, you see food, you see medicine. And you come to a conclusion that the way the world is is not the way it ought to be. And I think that that's a powerful moment in anyone's life. And I want you for a moment, Wes, to speak to the young listeners who are uh, listening to our conversation that maybe are searching for purpose and calling. If you think back to that season of your life and how God shaped you for the work you did at Compassion, what would you want young leaders to think about as they try to find their calling? You know, I, I think I would say to them is God has a purpose for you. Uh, it may not be identical to the purpose for me, but you are on a path just like I was on uh, as a young man. You know, I was age 15 uh, when I came to the conclusion that nobody cared. I discovered that I was wrong about that. After living in America and getting good at English, uh, I began to realize, you know what, the issue isn't that they don't care. The issue is they don't know. 
And when they know, they really, really care. Americans probably the most generous people in all of history. And I was able at that point to say, you know, somehow my life has got to bridge this world between these people in poverty and these wonderful people who care, who need a way to reach out uh, to live out their faith. And uh, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to start an organization that does this, or I'm going to have to be an international ambassador when I stumbled into compassion right there in Chicago. And I thought, my goodness, they're, they're doing exactly what needs to be done. So I think the thing I would say is you can trust God with the path of your life, uh, the journey all along the way, the people you meet, the things that make you happy, the things that break your heart, all of these God can use to mold you. And I would say, you know what? We all need a cause. We all need something outside of ourselves, something bigger than ourselves, something not about ourselves uh, that can move us, move us deeply to tears. I maintain if you don't have a cause that can move you to tears in 30 seconds, either tears of joy at the victories or tears of sorrow at the need, then you're not fully alive. And I would say uh, walk with God, look for your cause, and he will make it clear. One of the joys of growing older is you can look back over your life and you can see the forks in the road where God steered and directed your path into your calling. Well, you know, as I think about, as I think about your life, I'm just reminded as I think about the amazing ways God has uh, shown his grace in your life that we all have been blessed to be a blessing that the reason why we have been blessed is so that we can, in many ways, honor God by paying it forward. And so look at your life, recognize it's a blessing, but use it to be a blessing to someone else. Let's go to Barbara, who's listening in Lee Valley, uh, Pennsylvania. Hey, Barbara, thank you so much for listening. What's your comment today? Well, uh, as I told your call screener, I've been uh, supporting numerous children in the Compassion Organization over the past dozen or more years, some from South America, Central America, and Africa. And um, they're all different, and they all have specific needs. But the one that stood out the most to me was Monica in Kenya. Whenever I got a picture of her, She was very skinny and frail, and you could tell by the background it was a sparse land. But whenever she received a gift from me, she used it for her family. She never spent Mm -hmm. it on herself. She would buy chickens or a goat or something like that 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 would help their family uh, survive. And now she's a teenager, and she has blossomed into such a beautiful young girl She writes to me in English. She's smart as a whip, and she's in school now. But on the side, she's also doing some very creative things. She designs clothing for the women, and they're gorgeous, colorful dresses. And her hair designs, she's also doing uh, learning how to do that so that these women can really make themselves feel better uh, and look just so beautiful. Um, Monica 
I don't know exactly. She's probably 14 now or 15. But I like the fact that she was forward-looking and thinking of her family and others around her rather than just herself. Because some of my other compassion children are not as gracious, and sometimes they buy things just for themselves and send me pictures of all the things they bought. But I was happy that they were able to do that. And I've been to Europe. I was in uh, Greece in 1968. So I did see how people lived before they had the most modern conveniences. And when my mother-in-law came here to visit, she could not get over what we had here. You know, it's amazing that you bring that up because I think that we underestimate, and we're up against a break, but when we come back, I I do want to talk to you, us about what we may misunderstand about the poor. And I think one of the things is that we underestimate the giftedness, the creativity that is within even poor communities, that the poor should never be seen simply as mouths that consume, but rather as minds that create as well. And so when our sister Barbara tells about her sponsor child, Monica, being used now to help others, to use her creative gifts to make a difference. I'm not surprised at all because God has graced and gifted every one of us. And when we invest in these compassion children, we help to set them up to live lives of impact. We'll talk more after this. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. What a great day it is with West Effort. We're talking about living the life of impact, leaving the legacy for Christ that touches the world. We'll get back to that in just a moment, but man, am I so grateful for those of you who support the program, like Gordon from Naperville, who's still with us today. I also want to say thank you to Jennifer from Indiana, Patricia from Tennessee. So many of you that are standing with us this month, and I'm grateful for that. You can give your tax-deductible gift today, and I'm inviting you to do so. I used a football analogy earlier. We're in the fourth quarter. We're in crunch time, and we need those who will step up to the plate and say, let's win this game for Jesus. Let's put points on the board for the kingdom and your generosity enables for that to happen. If Equip's been a blessing to you, if we've been an encouragement to you, we certainly need your support today. Can you give your most generous tax-deductible gift today? Dial the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Wes Stafford is my guest today. Wes is the president emeritus of Compassion International and uh, has really dedicated his life from the time he was a young boy in a West African village to today to showing the love of Christ and believing that every child matters. Compassion rescues children from poverty in the name of Jesus. They help to break that cycle of poverty. And I'm so grateful for Wes and his work there. Let's go to the phone lines, Wes, if you don't mind. Kent is listening in Champion in Illinois. Hey, Kent, yeah. thanks for listening. What's your comment? Hey, Chris, how you doing? Great. Um, 40, 42 years ago at Pearl Harbor Submarine Base, 
at the chapel, a captain came up to me and said, would you like to sponsor a little child? Mm. And he was a compassion advocate. And so I sponsored a little girl named Esther Lukama Zimpaka from Rwanda. Years later, when the economic problems came in 2008 and 9, I was homeless. And the Lord said, I'll get you out of your homelessness, but you got to go sponsor another child. Wow. So I sponsored Mary Teresa Umatoni from Rwanda. Mm. And the Lord told me that she will pray for you as you help her. And she just graduated from Compassion Project this year. She's 23, and she's going to the university in Kigali now. She's going to become a doctor. What a what a powerful what a powerful story! I, what I a great testimony, Wes. Go right ahead, Wes. Uh, that you know. Again, you just described the, the very heart of uh, compassion. And Esther in uh, in Rwanda growing up, 23 years old, now going off to university, she has left poverty behind. And this is why what we were talking about just before the break, this is so important. Normally when we think of poverty, we tend to think of the symptoms of poverty, like water and housing and health. Uh, that is not poverty. If you can take a picture of it, it's not poverty. It's a symptom of poverty. And those of us who are followers of Christ can really understand what poverty is because here's what it is. Those symptoms gather together and they speak into the heart of even a little child like Esther when she was starting out. And the message is this, really straight from the gates of hell. Give up, sweetheart. Nobody cares. Nothing can change. Nobody is coming to your rescue. And I've watched little children as young as three years old. The sparkle has gone out of their eye. They are believing that lie, and they have given up on themselves before they've even started in their lives. But what happens when a child is in a Compassion Church project is they hear the gospel. They understand that God knows me. He knows how many hairs are on my head. He knows my name, the pattern of my fingerprints. He would have died on the cross if I was the only child on earth. And they come to a very important conclusion, and here's where the sponsor comes in. They say, wow, maybe I do matter. And, oh, mm. can the letters that you <laughs> sent to Esther saying, I believe in you. I'm watching you grow. You can do it, sweetheart. Don't give up. This is the path out of poverty. And sure enough, they go from I think I matter to what I think must matter to ultimately I think I can make my world a better place. And you watch, wow. Esther. She's going to go through university, and she is going to turn her country around. So poverty begins ultimately with a message from the gates of hell that says give up. But the gospel says don't give up. God loves you. He believes in you. And it ends with a, a community transformed. Begins with the love of God, ends with the love of God lived out. That's about as close to the kingdom, I think, as you can get. That's so good. Ken, thank you for giving us a call. Going to take more of your calls oh, in uh, just a moment at 877-LIVE-675. That's 
248-5675. Wes, I want to go back to your story for just a moment, and it's for a reason. Because I think uh, people can make the mistake of hearing your passion for Jesus, your love for the Lord, and think, well, his road has been relatively easy. But in many ways, you're a miracle. And the miracle is that you have faith in God at all. You experience pretty significant hardship, trauma, and even abuse when you were younger. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you've held on to your faith through it all? Yeah. You know, I, I, Chris, it's a very painful thing. I didn't talk about it for 35 years, but I finally wow. wrote it in my too small to ignore book because I just felt it had to be told. You know, this village that I talked about and their love for me and the way they built me up, well, that was only three months out of each year from the time I was six until I was 15. For the other nine months, I was sent off to boarding school. It was mission policy. There was no choice. We were sent off to boarding school for nine months, uh, 700 miles away. Uh, Sad for a little child to be away from their parents for that long when they're only six years old. The tragedy, ultimately, in a nutshell, was that the people who were in charge of us didn't want to be in charge of us. They didn't love children. They didn't care about children. They weren't called to work with children. They weren't trained to work with children. And so 50 of us children were treated very, very, very cruelly. It was a very oppressive place. Uh, It all but destroyed my spirit. To give you an example, uh, when I was nine years old and was finally doing a little bit of easy math, the most reoccurring math problem I could think of is how often do they beat me in this place? And I kept a tally under my pillow for a few weeks and finally did the math. Turns out I was being beaten 17 times a week by these people. So the very people who were reading our Bible stories to us were then sexually abusing us after the electricity went off. Uh, Older kids who had been victims themselves, uh, we were physically beaten. We were spiritually scared to death of God. Believe me, people, uh, if you hear me, if God can use me, he can use anyone. Anything can be redeemed. And this was my life until I was 15 years old. Now I look at it, and I see that the two paths came together. Poverty and abuse are almost identical in what they Mm. do to the heart of a little child. They both speak a word into that child's life that says, you don't matter. People can do whatever they want to you. Uh, Nobody cares. That's what poverty says, and that's what abuse says. And those are the two things that I fight with everything that I have, my whole life has been honed in on speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves, who suffer in those two areas. Wes, when you talk to people who have been been through not just poverty, but been through the type of trauma and abuse that was all too familiar to mark your childhood, what do you say to them about um, looking to Jesus, about holding on to their faith, about trusting in God? Yep. The thing, the thing I tell them is uh, if I can trust God that through that very fiery childhood that he had my path on the way to becoming somehow a useful part of his kingdom, then you take it day by day by day. But I, what I would say, if you have been a victim of, uh, 
of abuse. Uh, I can tell you what saved me ultimately, and it was the realization of the power of forgiveness. You can carry that around in your heart, and you can have reasons to be angry the rest of your life, but I'm here to tell you, you are the only one paying that price. There's a good chance the person who abused you doesn't even know or remember about it. But, oh, the power of forgiveness, which I discovered when I was 17 years old, and I realized, you know what, they may never ask forgiveness, and so I choose to forgive them, because if you don't forgive, you are the only one carrying the burden. And I can tell you when I said, people, I forgive you even though you aren't apologizing, and Jesus, I am giving you my life restore the hurt, restore the damage, and I promise you I will try to live a life that brings you honor and glory. You can do this. You do not have to let your past define your future. Believe me, as I said at the beginning, if God can use me, he can use anyone. And in many ways, I think God uses those who have experienced deep and significant brokenness in their lives because they are compassionate, because they can relate to the suffering that so marks the world. But the suffering and the brokenness that are the result of the fall, as Genesis 3 describes it, these are things that Jesus came to overcome. He came to overcome the darkness. And what a glorious thing to know that he uses you and he uses me to be a part of his plan in pushing back the darkness in the lives of people. And those people, when they experience the love and the compassion of Christ, many of them not only become Christ followers, but as Wes said, they go on to change and impact families and villages and cities and nations to the glory of God. So when you allow your pain, your trauma, your test to become your testimony, your mess to become your ministry when you allow God to take your brokenness and bring beauty from it and sponsoring children and serving the poor and the broken, you're helping to change the world and to spread the love of Christ. We're going to take one final break. We'll be right back right after this. Here on Equip, it's our goal to help listeners like you to understand and apply biblical truth to the issues we encounter in our culture, our community, and our home. But we need your help. Will you join our family of Equippers by making an ongoing monthly donation to Equip? When you do, you'll have exclusive access to regular encouragement from me, as well as our Equipper webinars and other special offers. Become an Equipper today. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks, West Stafford. My guest, today we're talking about how God can use your life to impact the lives of many for his kingdom. I love these stories that are coming in, like the story of Nancy who says, I've sponsored five children, Wes, currently sponsoring two children in Ghana and Indonesia since 2010. She says, God was working on my heart and I heard about compassion through Moody Radio. She goes on to say, I sponsored two 
then and met my uh, sponsored child, a young man, and his mother. Learned so much about humility and gratitude and love from them. Uh, Wes, just talk about how this act of sponsorship is more than one-way charity. It blesses the sponsor as much as it does the child, doesn't it? Oh, it clearly does. You know, the scriptures are clear about this. It is in giving. I'm not sure if we lost. Can you hear me okay? If I could. They say say it is in giving that, uh, that we receive. And, you know, the nearly 2 million sponsors of Compassion have experienced that themselves. Wes, I'm not sure if you can hear if you can hear me now, but go right ahead. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a common uh, thing I hear from sponsors is I did it to help somebody on the other side of the world. Turns out they helped me. And in fact, matter of fact, many of our sponsors say, you know, the reason we sponsor a little child in Kenya is uh, we want to develop in our own children compassionate, caring people. And we know that that's not from what we talk about. That's what we give to. It finds its way into the picture of our little sponsored child on our refrigerator. Uh, The little jar of coins that our own children put some of their allowance into, uh, into the evening prayers with our children. And they say, you know what? Our children are growing up to be wonderful, godly people. And thank you to Compassion for helping us do that by sponsoring one of your children. You know, I can speak firsthand, Wes, because my wife and I have had the privilege of sponsoring Compassion Children in the Dominican Republic and in my wife's uh, family's home country of Ethiopia. My wife and her family have a rich history there. And uh, there's one thing that we have not talked about that I think is really important, and I would love for you to talk about this. You know, it's one thing to have a heart for reaching the poor, to caring for children, to rescuing them out of poverty. It's another thing to run it well with a testimony of uh, fiscal responsibility. The thing that was so impressive to me with every site that we've visited in places around the world as I've gotten a chance to travel with Compassion is how well it is run, how well and how how tightly it is run to make sure Uh, donors, dollars get to where they're supposed to be to honor the local church, to make sure children's lives are being transformed, to have accountability. Why is that so important? Yeah. You know, to lack, uh, to lack credibility is ultimately to lack everything and anything done in the name of Jesus needs to be done with integrity. It needs to be done with excellence. Uh, You may know from your visits, Chris, that, Every child that Compassion sponsors is being ministered to by a little local church. We don't touch the life of a child except through the local church. And so we are a partner with the church uh, to help that church, help families in its community. Uh, When you're dealing with the poor, uh, you are dealing with one of the most sacred trusts you could ever have. And when someone sends money to a place like Compassion to minister to their child in poverty, uh, that is a sacred trust. We hold that to the highest possible standard. I love it when I hear of sponsors who on mission trips went out there and uh, met their children. 
Yes. Uh, I know that yes. before COVID, 9,000 sponsors met their children face-to-face. Wow. Uh, that wow. is about the best audit trail you can have. That's right. And there's an invitation to do that. All right, as we end, Wes, here's my question, most important one maybe of the day, and that is why children? Why should someone buy into the vision of sponsoring a child? You know, uh, children are generally the the poorest of the poor. They are the weakest of the weak. Uh, They are the ones that I'm pretty sure Jesus was speaking of when he said, whatever you do for one of the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. They are as close to God's heart as you can get. They pay the price for everything that goes wrong in our world. They don't have a voice to speak for themselves. Uh, They're unorganized. Every segment of society has learned how to protest and march in the streets. Have you ever seen a children's protest? No. But everything that goes wrong in society spirals downward, and children pay the greatest price for it. And so I am convinced that uh, they are, when we understand the upside-downness of the kingdom of our God, where the first are last and the last are first— One of the things we will discover when we get into heaven and fully understand God's heart is that, oh, in all of this upside-downness, the little were big. And those who ministered to them ministered literally to the heart of God. I don't think you can get closer to living out your faith than blessing the children that God brings across your path, whether they're right in front of you for a minute or whether they're all the way across the world. And what we try to do at Compassion is bring that opportunity to Christ followers. Well, you've done it, and uh, I continue to praise God for the work of Compassion. And I thank God for your life, Wes. Uh, It could have gone so many different ways, and I'm glad that God has used you to serve him and to inspire others to do the same. Thanks for carving out this time to be with me. What a joy it's been to have you on, Wes. It's been been an honor, Chris. I, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for letting God use you so powerfully. Friends, I want to encourage you to find out more at our website, equipradio.org. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here with a question. What does it mean to be pro-life in a post-Roe America? Can you and I articulate a biblical worldview on issues like abortion or the hard cases or even embryo research? Coming up on Equip, I'll talk to pro-life trainer Scott Klusendorf. will help to answer your questions. Join us on Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.